0: Chapter 5, Episode 3 of Tartarin of Tarascon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dennis Sayers. Tartarin of Tarascon by Alphonse Daudet. Episode the Third Among the Lions. Chapter 5. The night watch in a poison tree grove. Sweetly picturesque as was their new steed, our lion hunters had to give it up, purely out of consideration for the red cap, of course. So they continued the journey on foot as before, the caravan tranquilly proceeding southwardly by short stages, the Tarasconian in the van, the Montenegrin in the rear and the camel, with the weapons in their cases, in the ranks. The expedition lasted nearly a month. During that seeking for lions, which he never found, the dreadful Tartarin roamed from Douar to Douar, on the immense plain of the Chalif, through the odd but formidable French Algeria, where the old oriental perfumes are complicated by a strong blend of absinthe and the barracks. Abraham and the Zuzu mingled, something fairy-tale-like, and simply burlesque, like a page of the Old Testament related by Tommy Atkins. A curious sight for those who have eyes that can see a wild and corrupted people whom we are civilizing by teaching them our vices the ferocious and uncontrolled authority of grotesque who gravely use their grand cordons of the legion of honor as handkerchiefs and for a mere yea or nay order a man to be bastinadoed it is the justice of the conscienceless, bespeckled Cadiz under the palm-tree, mawworms of the Koran and law, who dream, languidly, of promotion and sell their decrees, as Esau did his birthright, for a dish of lentils, or sweetened couscous. Drunken and libertine Cadiz, are they? Formerly servants to some general Yusuf, or the like, who get intoxicated on champagne, along with laundresses from Port Mahon, and fatten on roast mutton, whilst before their tents the whole tribe waste away with hunger, and fight with the harriers for the bones of the lordly feast. All around spread the plains in waste, burnt grass, leafless shrubs, thickets of cactus, and mastic, the Granary of France, a granary void of grain, alas, And rich alone in vermin and jackals. Abandoned camps, frightened tribes fleeing from them, And famine, they know not whither, And strewing the road with corpses. At long intervals, French villages, With the dwellings in ruins, the fields untilled, the maddened locusts gnawing even the window-blinds, and all the settlers in the drinking-places absorbing absinthe, and discussing projects of reform, and the constitution. This is what Tartarin might have seen, had he given himself the trouble. But, wrapped up entirely in his Leonine hunger, the son of Tarascon went straight on, looking to neither right nor left his eyes steadfastly fixed on the imaginary monsters which never really appeared as the shelter tent was stubborn in not unfolding and the compressed meat-cakes would not dissolve the caravan was obliged to stop morn and eve at tribal camps everywhere thanks to the gorgeous cap of prince gregory our hunters were welcomed with open arms. They lodged in the Aga's Ad palaces, large white windowless farmhouses, where they found, pell-mell, nargulets and mahogany furniture, smear carpets and moderator lamps, cedar coffers full of Turkish sequins, and French statuette-decked clocks, in the Louis-Philippe style. Everywhere, too, Tartarin was given splendorous galas, difas and fantasias, which, being interpreted, mean feasts and circuses. In his honour, whole gooms blazed away powder, and floated their burnoses in the sun. When the powder was burnt, the aga would come and hand in his bill. This is what is called Arab hospitality. But always no lions, no more than on London Bridge. Nevertheless, the Tarasconian did not grow disheartened. Ever bravely diving more deeply into the south, he spent the days in beating up the thickets, probing the dwarf palms with the muzzle of his rifle, and saying, Baw! to every bush. And every evening, before lying down, he went into ambush, for two or three hours useless trouble however for the lion did not show himself one evening though going on six o'clock as the caravan scrambled through a violet-hued mastic grove where fat quails tumbled in the grass drowsy through the heat tartarin of tarascon fancied he heard though afar and very vague and thinned down by the breeze that wondrous roaring to which he had so often listened by Miten's menagerie at home. At first the hero feared he was dreaming, but in an instant further the roaring recommenced more distinct, although yet remote, and this time the camel's hump shivered in terror and made the tin meats and arms in the cases rattle, whilst all the dogs in the camps were heard howling in every corner of the horizon. Beyond doubt, this was the lion. Quick, quick to the ambush! There was not a minute to lose. Near at hand there happened to be an old Marabouts, or saint's tomb, with a white cupola, and the defunct's large yellow slippers placed in a niche over the door, and a mass of odd offerings— Hems of blankets, gold thread, red hair, hung on the wall. Tartarin of Tarascon left his prince and his camel and went in search of a good spot for lying in wait. Prince Gregory wanted to follow him, but the Tarasconian refused, bent on confronting Leo, alone but still he besought his highness not to go too far away and as a measure of foresight he entrusted him with his pocket-book a good-sized one full of precious papers and bank-notes which he feared would get torn by the lion's claws this done our hero looked up a good place a hundred steps in front of the temple A little clump of rose laurel shook in the twilight haze on the edge of a rivulet, all but dried up. There it was that Tartarin went and ensconced himself, one knee on the ground, according to the regular rule, his rifle in his hand, and his huge hunting-knife stuck boldly before him in the sandy bank. Night fell the rosy tent of nature changed into violet and then into dark blue a pretty pool of clear water gleamed like a hand-glass over the river pebbles this was the watering-place of the wild animals on the other slope the whitish trail was dimly to be discerned which their heavy paws had traced in the brush a mysterious path which made one's flesh creep, joined to this sensation that from the vague swarming sound in African forests, the swishing of branches, the velvety pads of roving creatures, the jackals shrill yelp, and up in the sky, two or three hundred feet aloft, vast flocks of cranes passing on with screams like Poor little children, having their weasins slit. You will own that there were grounds for a man being moved. Tartarin was so, and even more than that, for the poor fellow's teeth chattered, and on the crossbar of his hunting-knife, planted upright in the bank, as we repeat, his rifle barrel rattled like a pair of castanets. Do not ask too much of a man— there are times when one is not in the mood, and, moreover, where would be the merit, if heroes were never afraid? Well, yes, Tartarin was afraid, and all the time, too, for the matter of that. Nevertheless, he held out for an hour. Better, for two. But heroism has its limits. Nigh him, in the dry part of the rivulet bed, The Tarasconian unexpectedly heard the sound of steps and of pebbles rolling. This time terror lifted him off the ground. He banged away both barrels at haphazard into the night, and retreated as fast as his legs would carry him to the Marabout's chapel vault, leaving his knife standing up in the sand like a cross, commemorative... Of the grandest panic that ever assailed the soul of a conqueror of hydras. Help! This way, prince! The lion is on me! There was silence. Prince! Prince! Are you there? The prince was not there. On the white moonlit wall of the fane, the camel alone cast the queer-shaped shadow of his protuberance. Prince Gregory had cut and run with the wallet of banknotes. His Highness had been for the month past awaiting this opportunity. End of chapter 5 of episode 3. Recording by Dennis Sayers in Modesto, California. For LibriVox.